0: haven't been told and um, it's just day to day but you know just having him on the court and his presence uh, his ability to communicate with the other players I think it's such a big plus and Chris has brought that leadership and, and Monty continues to talk about it.
1: That's Ann Myers Drysdale right there on Chris Paul's status and his leadership. They won game one without him and from a talent standpoint you can just say well the Clippers are down Kawhi Leonard and the Suns are down Chris Paul. How will that play out over time? Is that a wash for talent? I'm sure that those are full segments, hours, possibly even shows of radio in Phoenix and maybe L.A. right now. Game 2, Western Conference Finals tonight, 7 o'clock, ESPN. Uh, Ty Lewis confirmed that Kawhi Leonard will remain out, sprain right knee. There's all kinds of stuff out there about an ACL. Is it a, if it's a full tear, I don't know what they're waiting on. Have the surgery and get him back. And maybe it's a partial tear, and ACL isn't going to repair itself. But you improve the, get the swelling out, and, and you know keep working out, improve the secondary restraints and all that, and you and you try to play on it, I
2: guess. Well, we talked about Spencer Dinwiddie yesterday. His was not a full ACL tear; it was a partial. he ended up having that surgery on that knocked him out.
1: Right, and and surgery, if he has it, will impact the start of next year, and depending on how invasive it is, it can is that, impact all of next all year. I would say all of next
2: year, potentially. Right.
1: And so, I mean, we're not done with this year yet to just start going, well, which teams are going to be hurt next year? Well, Jamal Murray is going to miss a big chunk of the season. Could be back for the playoffs, but the history of missing a big chunk of the regular season and come back for the playoffs isn't good, and the same thing for the Clippers and Kawhi. Now, the Clippers could also be down uh, Marcus Morris, who, uh... Didn't have much of an impact shooting the ball in game one, but as we saw with the Jazz, he didn't shoot it well for three games, and then he shot it very well. He shot 47.8% from three in the regular season. So if he can't go, and he's listed as questionable, injured his right knee, only played five minutes in the second half of game one. So if he can't go, well, now you're down two starters. And it got some depth, but, man, over time that stuff shows up. And, of course, we all know, at least Dallas and Utah do, that the Clippers are pretty dangerous when they're down 0-2. So we'll see if they go down 0-2 for a third series. They're the only team to come back from 0-2 twice in the same postseason. And now they may be on the verge of having to do it a third time, and you would think the odds are really against them. Some of the guys who shot the ball well, I mean, we know from watching Jake Crowder here, you know, when he's on, he's really good, but his nights he isn't on. He's going to shoot mid to Low thirties from the three point line. So three to seven in game one. Is he going to hit it again in game two? And and Booker and Booker was just awesome. Shot over fifty percent from the floor. Made every single one of his free throw free throws. Scored, rebound, assists. Only turned the ball over twice. Played forty four minutes, which is a huge total. Can he come up with that kind of game again? Because if he's mortal, if he's very good, but he's mortal. And he's 25 points. I don't know if the Suns are gonna win that. And maybe they could grind it out, but it would see and, and you know with Morris and Kawhi out, maybe they could grind it out. But it seems like he's really gotta be very good. Immortal. Alright, that's too far. Immortal. Forty points, thirteen boards, eleven assists. Those are massive numbers. And they won by six and the game was in doubt in the final two minutes. So, we'll see if he can carry that kind of load again. Devin Booker is slotted for the Team USA roster for the 2021 Olympic team. It's filling up. Bam Ida Bio is going to play. Uh, This surprised me, James Harden committed to join the roster.
2: He said he's going to be tentative based on how his hamstring responds. Right. But he wants to play.
1: Well, we're getting down to it here. It's
2: June 22. There isn't long to go And a hamstring. It starts a month from tomorrow, June 23rd. uh, July 23rd.
1: Donovan Mitchell was invited. Uh, he declined. I think every Jazz fan and all Jazz management can say, whew, thank you. Get healthy, rest up, get ready for the next season. Kevin Durant is in, Draymond Green, Bradley Bill, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, all playing. Steph Curry passed. Jazz are going to have uh, had three to five guys eligible with Mitchell out. That's four. Mike Conley said he'd go if asked. There's a 57-player pool. That's shrinking, as guys like Steph Curry and Donovan Mitchell say no. 56, 55, that kind of thing. Uh, my guess is Conley will end up not playing, but he could. But I would think that that's a long shot. We you just leave the Jazz with the international guys. Rudy Gobert playing for France. Joe Ingles playing for Australia. And then Bojan Bogdanovic, does Croatia qualify? They've got to qualify, which could mean even more games. Uh, whatever he's got to play. I don't know what the format is for getting through qualification. And then if he if they make it. Probably prefer this year that they don't. Compact season and everybody's talking about it. well, not everybody, you know. LeBron spoke loudly about injuries and overscheduling and that's been his stand, that's been his take consistently. That was his take in November and in December, and clearly in June. But the union voted for all of this and now the guys are voting individually. You see all these NBA players opting into the Olympics? You know, the, and, and it got addressed in all the clean out the lockers they don't really clean out the lockers or
2: exit interviews exit interviews thank
1: you Ann literally looked like he was sitting in a minivan some guys didn't even have video I was going to say most <laughs> <of everyone. laughs> a couple guys didn't do it but in the exit interviews it came up with the three foreign players who all want to play and they were all definitive about that and Mike Collins was definitive that he wanted to play if asked and Dennis Lindsay made it clear you know are you worried yes which someone on the line laughed And I think he laughed because Dennis never... Well, not never, because he just did it. But Dennis very rarely answers things that directly. There's always qualifiers. He's always very careful. (laughs) And just say, are you worried about it? Yes! Brought out a laugh. And it may have been Justin Zanuck. But Dennis was the only one on the screen, so I don't know. Yes, they're worried. It's also, he made the point, it's collectively bargained. There's nothing you can say. And... You benefit at times from it. I think with the young guys, when they're playing, I think you know Rudy Gobert playing internationally when he needed games early, it was a big positive. But when they're veterans, I don't think it's a, it's a big positive anymore. They'd probably be playing somewhere, so there's always a risk. But in this condensed season, everybody worried about fatigue. I mean, if one of these guys has an injury next year, it's going to go right back to, well, they played in the Olympics. and you just, I don't even know what, what the injury is going to be, but I know it's going to go back to that.
2: Did they play too many games over the summer during the offseason?
1: Right. Ignoring the fact that before pros played in the Olympics, pros were going to Pauley Pavilion and the, the Magic Johnsons of the world were hey, setting up games and they were playing and we didn't see it. Don't pull back the curtain too much. Sixers head coach Doc Rivers told reporters the franchise has a plan to help star guard Ben Simmons deal with his shooting loads. I believe, without going into detail with what we're doing, I believe we know what the right work is and the right type of work and the right way to do it. You can do the work all the time, but if it's not done in the right way and the right type of work, you may not improve. After being here for a year, I really do believe we've identified what and how, and now we have to do the do part. We have the work. We have to work to do it. It's not going to be an easy job, but it's definitely a job that Ben can do. Cleaning up the quote from the day before a little bit, Can he be the starting point guard for an NBA championship team? I don't know right now. What? Okay, I'll just go with no. Everyone just go with no. He doesn't shoot it well enough in an era that shooting is so critical. And his shooting is so important. And to go from where he is to being a good shooter would be a massive leap
2: i gonna say zero FGAs. On
1: the, oh, the final. other hand, he does so many other things. If he could improve the point that he was a mediocre shooter, yeah, it's gonna say you don't he need... doesn't. He doesn't have to turn into Damian Lillard and Logo Steph Curry threes. and no. Donovan Mitchell. Well, an elite score. I mean, anybody who's scoring 20, plus, if he could shoot plus a game, mid 30s from three,
2: that would be a mess. Defenders
1: had to close out on the oh, three point okay. line. Yeah. Yes, 35 percent from three, they will play you honest at that point. Clippers assistant Chauncey Billups, Spurs assistant Becky Hammond have emerged as leading candidates for the Portland Trailblazers head coaching position Will advance to a second round of interviews with Portland's front office in the coming days. I think most people, if they had to handicap it, would say Billups 1, Hammond 2. Don't know that. Can't prove it. But you listen to people in NBA circles talk, the kind of people, if they don't have Chauncey in their cell phone, they have people in their cell phone who are in Chauncey's cell phone, and they seem to think it's Chauncey. So... See how that plays out. And we've got like a half dozen jobs. Basically, a quarter of the league is turning over, which is the normal number. And it happen for all sorts of reasons. Portland, the traditional reason, fire the coach. New Orleans, the annual reason, fire the coach. Boston, obviously, and steps down and the coach gets promoted. So everybody's got different situations. Largely, I don't think it matters. I don't even get into the whole this person outcoached that person thing. I think there's probably two-thirds of the league have competent head coaching. And the limits are on what the players are capable of doing. Everybody knows what the issues are. And everybody knows what the point is. And what, you know, they're doing this, so we need to counter with this or this. Now, there are times where Atlanta, I don't know what was going on, and they brought in one of the guys who's sitting on the sideline. Nate McMillan was a good coach in Indiana. He's a perfectly good coach in Portland. He's a perfectly good NBA player. I think he was a Sonics coach too, right? Now we're going back, so he's had three good runs, and now he goes into Atlanta. Everybody knew they'd get better. I don't think anybody knew they'd be in the Eastern Conference Final. That's a shocker. Nobody knew that when the playoffs started, even after he'd had a good second half of the, a very good second half of the season when he took over. And, and I think Stotts is a guy who knew. It just sounds like they're, they're moving, jet, moving the deck chairs here. It's the same cruise ship and moving the deck chairs.
2: Well, emerges as a leading candidate in Indiana,
0: so there you go.
2: DJ
1: and PK.
0: Hashtag NFL. What's up, people? I'm Carl Massive. I'm at my house here in Westchester, Pennsylvania. just want to take
1: a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. I really have the best life. I got the best family, friends, and job a guy could ask for. I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. I just think that representation and visibility are so important. One of the teams, and they weren't interested at the very end. I was thinking,
0: you're sticking with that mother...
1: <laughs> okay, there's two pieces of audio that really don't go together, so naturally, Yach put them together. That was Tom Brady on one team who passed on him as a free agent.
2: Well, now we want to know. Who'd you stick with? Well, there are people who are saying that it might be a certain team that has a former backup of his. San Francisco. Jimmy G.
1: Makes it sound like Tom wanted to go there. And that yeah. would be the hometown team. I mean, he grew up in he's Northern started, California. He's from the Bay he's, Area. He's the very guy. So what would generate that reaction from him? Okay, that makes sense. Goes against the whole G-rated image. But you know he threw the Super Bowl trophy off a boat too, so <laughs> at this point. Hey, I've got my, I don't know, how many Super Bowl trophies is this? I can't even keep track. Is that That's seven? That's number seven. Seven. He needs one more now. That way he's got as many as the next two guys combined. Yeah, he's got he's got Brad right now he's got Montana and Aikman combined. And that's fine because a lot of NFL fans are young and only know Terry Bradshaw as a broadcaster. They don't know him as a player. I'm old enough I remember him as a player. If you get eight and you match Bradshaw and Montana, I mean you're just piling on at this point. And he seems perfectly content to pile on. That was a little Jordan-ish right there. You like him over me? Now, into every equation, it's at well, least 15 years younger than you. <laughs> I mean, but Brady's point is, I'm coming to get you a Super Bowl. How many Super Bowls are you going to get in 15 years with that guy? Zero, one, two, two two. Two would be a lot. Aaron Rodgers has one. Okay, Drew Brees dude. got one.
2: Let me say, yeah. These
1: guys are all going straight to the Hall of Fame on first ballot. Nobody's doing sports talk radio shows based on whether these guys are Hall of Famers or not. Because it's boring, because we all know they are. And they got one. So to Brady's point, you know. 15 years with him. I mean, maybe you get two with Roethlisberger. I mean, the list of quarterbacks who have three Super Bowls is real short. I might have just rattled it off. Elway retired with two. Brady might get two for Tampa Bay in two years. I was going to say. Give me a run of cash. That is ridiculous. So we're watching greatness. We were just talking yesterday when we had Bob Casper on about when are we going to get, you know, the next Tiger Woods. And you can't say never because there's plenty of people, well, not plenty of people, but there are some people of a certain age who remember Jack Nicholas in his prime. I don't. I remember Jack at the very end. I mean, Jack's prime went on for 25 years, so. Well, no, he did not his prime. But his prime was a solid 15 to 18 years. And he was still in the league golfer for 25 years, won championships for 25 years. So we might get another one. You youngsters in your 20s and 30s might get one more tiger. I'm probably not. When are we going to get another Jordan? When are we going to get another Brady? You're not getting another Brady. And I know Mahomes is great young, but look what Russell Wilson did when he was on his rookie contract. Now they're getting paid. The team around him isn't going to be as good, and that's going to be a factor. Now, Mahomes may still get more, but Brady is Tiger. Mahomes is Phil Mickelson. People love him, and he'll win a lot, but don't compare how much he wins to Brady. That's not fair. Before that, you heard... uh, Carl Nassib there, the Raiders defensive end saying that he is gay he's the first active player to announce he's part of the LGBTQ plus community I don't believe he's the only one but he's the only one willing to come out and take whatever abuse comes with that unfortunately people will probably yell at him, holler at him he'll get hit up on social media with who knows what let him do his thing uh, the role model thing is, is probably pretty important you talk to the people who are in the mental health community who talk about how isolated people feel, and maybe they shouldn't feel that isolated, they shouldn't feel like everybody's against them, but you hear comments, and people say or do things, and then you think, well, everybody's thinking that. Maybe everybody isn't thinking that. The most vocal people are. So to have a role model out there is, is probably a positive. For most people, I think they'll just sit there and wait for the Raiders to turn the ball over with the game on the line, and then watch John Gruden's face. That's how I think most people will weigh in, but for some people, it'll be important to have him be a role model. Giants legend Eli Manning, officially back with the organization in a business operations and fan engagement role. He'll also work on original content development, which includes a new lifestyle series that premieres this fall. Manning is 40, he retired after the 2019 season, and he's not as big a star as his brother because very few people are as big a star as his brother. But the broadcasting stuff that Manning has done, the podcasting he's done for ESPN, has been brilliant. And even if you don't subscribe during the height of the pandemic when they had no games last summer, like they were just running one after another on ABC or on ESPN to fill time when they normally have a game on a Sunday afternoon on ABC. And they were hilarious. And he was doing stuff, the history of the football. I saw that one about how the football evolved and became easier to throw. And he's shot putting this bo- I mean, It's the kind of thing that normally you didn't have time for. But if you got 20 minutes to watch this thing, this webisode, it w- and, and man, it's hilarious. And Eli's funny too. We've seen him in the commercials. You ought to do this. You ought to tie your legends in and keep your legends and build the mythology of the team and all that. I like what the Jazz have done bringing – bringing players back occasionally to sign autographs. And the more they expand on that stuff, I would think they would. Ryan Smith is a – he grew up a jazz fan. He played junior jazz basketball. All this has to resonate with him. And and do you want to do it with Stockton and Malone? Sure. But, you know, when they brought Mehmet Kerr back, that was a big hit. You can't really bring Jeff Hornacek back because he's working in the NBA. But, you know, to bring him back or bring, you know, B. Russ – Antoine Carr came back. Say Antoine Carr, we've had him in studio. Yeah. D. Will started to be around more. All right, DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag college football.
1: So the Supreme Court in a unanimous 9-0 decision. I don't think you're supposed to say bipartisanship about the Supreme Court. but In a unanimous 9-0 decision, affirmed a ruling that provides for an incremental increase in how college athletes can be compensated. Opens the door for future legal challenges. You can't limit compensation, especially if it's related to their education. So, like, right now, everybody gets a Mac. I mean, that's just a given. If if the whole SEC isn't giving players Macs, I don't even know who the SEC is anymore. So, how, how much stuff can you give people? How creative can you be in justifying it? And how much is it an arms race? <laughs> really, the only thing that's keeping college football together is the scholarship limit. Because I guess that, the 25 and the fact that only 11 guys can play at a time because people want playing time. But the SEC's got more money than the Pac-12, and the Pac-12's got more money than the AAC, and the AAC's got more than the Mountain West. I mean, it's a whole food chain. And it's not just big fish, little fish. Now there's fish of 11 conferences, 10 conferences. There's uh, 11. Okay, then there's fish of at least like seven different sizes. (laughs) <laughs> well, then I mean, you can go down to the lower divisions, FCS. Right, yeah. And the is still trying to write rules, and they're just, my gosh, the bureaucracy grinds Old so slowly.
2: Justice Kavanaugh said that in any other industry, this would be considered completely out of
1: line. Right. Gorsuch uh, wrote that they, uh, they limited the scope of this decision, this 9-0, to education-related benefits. So you can give everybody a computer now and say it's education-related. And they're saying the limit's probably around $6,000 as a student-athlete. But they did not delve further into questions about the association's business model. There's another lawsuit coming. This will go on and on. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag Major League Baseball. This is the start of the second of three trips L.A. will make to downtown San Diego. One, two, hammered. Absolutely crushed. Deep to left. Rex going back. Looking up. Going to go. Three-run homer, Manny Machado.
2: And a fly ball center field tell Marte is there. He's under it, and he's got it. And the Diamondbacks have won a ball game here tonight. They snap a 17-game losing streak, beating the Brewers five to one. Their first win since June 1st. It's
1: June 22nd. How bad did it get? It's been a hot minute. It got bad. 17 straight losses for the Arizona Diamondbacks. A long national or at least statewide nightmare is over. PK is taking the day off to celebrate. He'll be watching videos of great diamondbacks of the past. Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling striking people out. World Series being won. Flares landing on the grass behind second base. Arizona's an MLB worst 21 and 53. At this point, just win the lottery, man. Get that top draft pick. What the heck? Hit reset. Uh, he's been telling us Bruce Bochy wants back in, so just. Just got to get through this without, you know, you can lose a lot, but the seventeen road's kind of humiliating. They still got to break the road losing streak. That's the next thing to do. At the other end of the division, you heard the uh, home run there from Machado, the three run shot, and the reason they're setting up the schedule is because it was the bottom of the first inning. They just kind of taking care of that house cleaning stuff, filling time. But the Padres started with uh, a double, a homer. Excuse me. A double, a walk, a double, and a homer. The first four guys all gone on. The first four guys all scored. It was four nothing. They went on to win six to two. So that was the that was the proverbial got to jump on them early, and they did. And they made it stand up, stand up because they had Yu uh, Darvish, who uh, gave him a, another rock solid outing. Yeah, Yu Darvish is really good. Newsflash: eleven strikeouts, eleven strikeouts. Padres get the win. Uh, they're trailing the Dodgers and the Giants. It's a it's a little dicey. You can't fall behind, and they have, you know. It's uh, there's only two wild cards, so all the hype about the second best team in baseball, and right now the third best team in division, and gonna have to fight for the wild card. A normal size losing streak, Texas lost 6 in a row. Normally you complain about that, but when the Diamondbacks are sitting over 17 in a row, hardly anybody notices. But it's over. The Rangers beat the A's 8 to 3. Those two could have a really good race here in the American League West. See how that See how that plays out for those two. The Astros uh, right now have a one-game lead over Oakland, despite that six-game losing streak. Bees saw Sacramento score four in the bottom of the ninth to win seven to six. Series finale today at one o'clock. Listen to it on twelve eighty the Zone. Uh, our regular lineup of shows will be over on ninety seven five the Zone. Hans and Scotty will start on both signals and then wrap up on uh, on ninety seven five. All right, DJ PK, what is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Andy Bailey, NBA analyst for Bleacher, Report at 830. Jerry Brewer, Washington Post sports columnist. Talk about that NCAA stuff and how much money is going to be flowing to your favorite athletes. That's at 9 o'clock right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: The Top Sixty and Sixty is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the twenty twenty one season by listing off the top sixty players in the state of Utah, as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top Sixty and Sixty weekdays at 1.30. presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon on your home of the. The best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Hot Takes Your Toes, brought to you by Jerry Signer Cadillac. Cadillac owners may have changed, but luxury hasn't. Come see the bold new lineup of Cadillac at Jerry Signer Cadillac today. Question of the day, we got two of them. We'll start with the on the court stuff, then we'll get to the off the court stuff. On the court, the question of the day, should the Jazz make a commitment to having a small ball lineup with five perimeter shooters? Short answer, hot take, yes. Longer answer, more nuanced coming up. But short, to the point, yes. This is where the game is going, and it's not going back. You can make an argument. I can't guarantee it because they don't know what incredible... 15-year-old is out there that we haven't heard of yet. But you can make an argument that Rudy Gobert is on the back end of the curve, the end of the dominant, inside big man. And that soon everybody will play out on the three-point line. And we're already, we're, we're getting very close to that already. There's a lot of three-point shooters. Traditional seven-footers. I think Carl Anthony Towns is out on the three-point line. Anthony Davis is out on the three-point line. Wait a minute. Why didn't I start with the NBA most valuable player? Nikola Jokic is out on the three-point line. So this is a well-established trend. I'm not going to list them all. This is a well-established trend, and it's where we're going. I think Rudy's not at the absolute tail end of the dominant interior big man. uh, But uh, some of the guys may, may change their games over time. You know, if uh, I, I can never keep Brooke and Robin Lopez straight, honestly, if if I'm being totally honest, I have to look it up when I'm when I'm looking at him. I have to look on my phone.
2: Just got to know that Sideshow Bob is playing for the Washington Wizards, and then so Brooke's playing for the Milwaukee
1: Bucks currently. He's the more. Stri- and I'll remember this for about five minutes, and in the next segment you'll have to tell me again. But if if one cats. if one or both of them can learn to shoot the three pointer, and I'm not sure which one. Broke has learned how to shoot it at a very high clip. Okay, I'm playing it up a little bit now. I know that. He was in Milwaukee. Uh, but if he can learn to do it, I can't tell you that Aiton won't learn to do it. And Aiton's younger than Gobert, and he's— I mean, he got a lot of compliments from the Clippers after game one that he is—actually, and actually it was kind of a shot at Rudy, too. But also, I think, well, the shot might not be fair. It might be just a fair evaluation that doesn't reflect great on Rudy. I shouldn't—shot means it's personal, and I don't, I don't know that it was. I, I didn't hear it. I read it, and, you know— Seventy percent of all communication is nonverbal, but I read it and I didn't take it that way. Just that he's more athletic and a better finisher than the bigs we face so far. I don't know that he's um, Rudy's pretty athletic, but he's certainly a better finisher without question. We could probably debate the athleticism and break it down and argue about it forever. Aiton's very athletic, and he's a really good finisher. So maybe he's the guy at the back end of the wave of, hey, I can, I can play in the NBA, and I can play for a winner and play a lot of minutes and have a big role and not shoot the three. But he may add it like the Lopez triplets. Wait, there's not three of them, right? It's just twins. Just okay, twins.
2: Just twins. The, the thing is that uh, David Block is talking about this. Brooke Lopez took like something like 23s in his first few years. Oh, the yeah, league. absolutely. We, and we, then... Yeah.
1: Learned how to shoot it over and And all that's season. why I'm saying that somebody might and, learn later, correct. you know. And, and Aiden's pretty skilled already. Just add it to your repertoire, yeah. So if you see a guy who can shoot at 10 or 15 feet, can he take it further out? And how hard is he willing to work at it? The closest indication is
2: how good you are at shooting free throws, according to most people.
1: And there's the 15-footer. Yeah, a seven-footer doesn't need to shoot it off the dribble and raise up and fire over someone. You're seven feet tall. It's a set shot. It's not that different than a free throw, except it's further out. So should the Jazz make a commitment to this? Yes, I think they have to. And I think more teams are going to. And the Jazz are going to face more teams that have three-point shooters. And for the teams that already have it, there's going to be more commitment to it. And you're going to have to match up with it. So, yes. Does it probably start with the favors minutes, not the Gobert minutes? I would assume so, yes. There's probably three things the Jazz need to add this offseason. And if it's like most teams in most offseasons, they won't get them all. But height to the guard line, quickness, athleticism, to the wings... And the ability to go small ball and match up. Now the thing about it is that taking Rudy off the court, or using the 12 minutes he's off the court anyway, is risky because right now you don't have enough guys who defend well enough for you to be a good defensive team without Rudy behind you. I mean, I don't want to go Jack Nicholson on you, but you need Rudy on that hill. You want Rudy on that hill. They do that I No, I think you want him on that hill. You need him on that yeah. hill. Mm-hmm. I bungled the line. It's okay. My bad. We all knew what you were saying, though. Right. And the Jazz need Rudy. Now you can say, Jazz fans, I don't want him. Yeah. Well, you need him because when he's off the court, and in games one, two, three, four, and five, it was obvious when Rudy wasn't in, the Clippers were usually going on a run. And the thing is it Favors, like, he could play hard. He could block a shot. And it had no impact on well, their decision-making the next time down the court. They were clearly under orders from Ty Lu. If Rudy's on the bench, you're attacking the rim. If he gets you, he gets you. But no intimidation factor. We don't concede anything. They concede stuff to Rudy. So, at first, it'll be a transition. Now, after Rudy, you know, how do you find your Jokic? How do you find... You're anthony Towns. How do you find your AD? Well, that's why everybody's paying scouts to find those guys. And there will be more of them because...
2: You're not finding Jokic in the second round anymore.
1: No, you wouldn't think, right?
2: Well, I think because what you're talking about, the fact that he came in the second round and now they're searching for
1: that. So the only, the only thing I would say is you're not finding him out of Central Europe because there's Fair. an acceptability... But if you found him in Asia or Africa, what would happen? The basketball isn't as high level. The kid may be more of a prospect and may truly be a kid. and could be really raw. Hakeem Olajuwon was really raw in college. Now, the fact is, you might come out of Asia or Africa and be every bit as developed. And your point, you're know, like Yao Ming. Yao Ming won the second round pick, was he? You know, it could be that obvious, but I do think if you come out of some countries that we don't think of as basketball countries, and how young are you and how raw are you? How late? Basically, the question is, how late did you come to the sport and what kind of coaching did you get? Like in Europe, man, the clubs are developed, the sisters are finding them young. But if you're in the U.S., yeah, you would have to be quite the project. I mean, Rudy was late first rounder because he's quite the project, and he still was a first rounder. He's wearing twenty seven, but he's not wearing forty seven.
2: But to your point, you're talking about these new frontiers that the NBA is trying to get into: Asia, Africa. They're
1: very early on
2: and kind of building out what
1: Europe. And so and it Phoenix depends on how well. Yeah. You know, you know, you read the read a profile on Siakam. You know. Yeah. And so. So should they make the commitment? Yeah, I think they have to. It's where the game is going. I don't think there's anything around it. Uh, Mr. Monster tweets at us, the thing that's frustrating is not being able to play small ball or not be able to dominate when you're playing against small ball. You have to be able to do one or the other and punish teams that go small with a center like Rudy. And I wanted to talk to Rudy about that, and I asked him, and Rudy clearly wanted no part of that. Yak, did you listen to that and laugh? You was, laughed? You didn't I, laugh with me, did you? I was on air. We were doing the. Saturday oh, you carried it live. We carried that live. Nice. Lie. I
2: didn't know and, on the timing. Uh, so Lundy, um, Alex Lumberg, who's my co-host on the Saturday show, he kind of like he goes like he was still looking down all of a sudden. He goes like, "Whoa, what just happened here?"
1: <laughs> I asked Rudy so about you know punishing the small ball, and I mean that means basically getting the ball to Rudy and, and finding a way to get him dunks, and like they're gonna run a guy out there who's six seven or six eight or whatever. How do they how do the Jazz use that to their advantage to the other end of the court? How do they punish that? And Rudy went, well, what do you think? All right, well, let me quote PK. I'm not here with the answers. I'm here with the questions. Okay. <laughs> I got crazy opinions. I don't want to go at you in front of, Rudy, in front of everybody, Rudy. <laughs> we all think you ought to be dunking. What's going on? So and, and here's the question, and this is the biggest question about the Olympics. How much player development time is there going to be? I asked Joe that. How much, what are you going to do in the offseason? He said, well, with the Olympics and a short offseason, how much, you know, and he'll work on something. I don't know that he had his meeting with with Quinn yet when he talked to us, with Quinn and Dennis and Justin. But how much time is there going to be to add something for these guys playing in the Olympics? I think we can all worry about that. It's a question. That'll be a hot take, a question for later this week. Mo says, Mo Horowitz, time to lose Rudy. No team with him as a centerpiece will win a championship. Hell, he can't even get out of the second round. Okay, well, Stockton and Malone were seven, eight years in the league when they finally got out of the second round. Say, and they got it. They, I think if you go back and look it up, they were a two or three seed and beat the six or seven and got an upset and got the other six or seven. That's how they got out the first time. And then it was two more years before they got out again. So... Can't get out of the first round? I'll give you hasn't. Hasn't is a fact. Can't? I think they can. But I get your frustration, Mo. so let it rip. Curtis says it needs to be at least an option in the playbook we can go to if needed. Not even having the option hurt us. Agreed, Curtis. That's kind of where I'm... That's, and I think if I, if I had to, and it's probably other people who joined Curtis, but I think Curtis, if I had to say, you know, I don't think Quinn was outcoached, I don't think they had that option he needed. You could have tried something different. I think the response would have been the same. Maybe it wouldn't have been quite as bad. You would have lost a closer game. You still would have lost the series. They had figured out that and the, and the fact that, Con, that Donovan and Mike Conley weren't 100%. There you go. Quinn's the small better. ball was the option.
2: Quinn has talked many times about having the tool belt and having these tools that you can use. Well, that's one tool he did not
1: have. And when Quinn's done coaching... He could be a writer. I was gonna, well, no. Similes
2: and metaphors, no. baby. He could go out and do the corporate lecture circuit. Let's do. Let's. Go yeah, out he there. would be. You're yeah. right.
1: He would. He'd be out there crushing it, and people would eat that stuff up. They'd eat that stuff up. Justin says Rudy for Dame. The Jazz made Rudy. Why can't they make Asibuke? Plus, as soon as Rudy loses a little athleticism, it's over. Over for a lot of people in the NBA, when they lose a little athleticism. Say, like most people <laughs> they don't lose the skill set. You want to go out? You want to go out and play uh, horse with Jeff Hornacek for money? Yeah, only if you've got too much money and you don't mind losing it because yeah, so you want to spend time with Jeff Hornacek and see dies. if you can get some stories from the old days or the Knicks or Sarver and the Suns because he's probably got stories about all of them. Like Jeff Hornacek hasn't lost the skill, and after he takes your money, then you know, like. Eddie Johnson will line up and Dale Ellis will line up and just go right down the line. Tim Legler, Legs will put down a microphone, leave ESPN. Like, what do you want to lose? A hundred, a 1, thousand, five grand? What are you thinking? I'll take all your money. They don't lose skill, they lose athleticism. You don't want to. I played in some uh, charity game with uh, Thurl one year and with Pace one year. And like, they're gone. They're, they're done playing for like 10 years at this point. And they step out on a charity game playing maybe half speed. Hands down, best player. on the. I mean, Pace is like moving this, this rickety 2-3 zone defense from the Kalanians to the Rotarians. He's looking guys off, getting guys wide open shots. And I missed mine, and he didn't let me hear the end of it. <laughs> uh, when is Rudy going to lose athleticism? I don't know. Five years? I bet he's got at least five years. He moves really well. Five years puts him in his early to mid-30s. And then also that that minute mark. That becomes a question mark. Yeah, and the minute mark. How many minutes has he played? Once you hit the the 20, 25,000, 30,000 minutes. You start creeping up on it, yeah. All right, DJ and PK, that's the the on-the-court question. Yes to small ball. Got to have it at least as an option. All right, the the off-the-court question involves John Stockton and a certain video and what you think of John now, and we'll get to that next. Stay with us.
0: Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network.
1: I believe Donovan Mitchell, I believe Quinn Snyder, from Rudy Gobert all the way down to Trent Forrest, I believe those guys believed that they were better than the two teams that are currently playing in the Western Conference Finals. And that is what's nauseating.
2: I think this is going to be a year that's going to stick in the craw of Jazz fans for a long time. And when we talk about opportunities and things like that, this is going to be a big what if kind of year. What if the Jazz? We're healthy. Huge what, if. what if Donovan doesn't injure the ankle? What if uh, Mike doesn't injure the hamstring? The Jazz are looking at like if we're healthy, we didn't lose to a better team.
0: Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
1: DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision summer LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-2080. That's Davis Vision. Question today, part two. Part one was on the court. Should the Jazz go small ball? Five perimeter shooters. Yes, that's where the game is going. That's where they've got ahead. They've got to have it at least as an option. Part two off the court. What do you think of John Stockton now? I'm gonna uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna preface this by saying I haven't seen the video. I'm not paying whatever it was. Was it seventy bucks or sixty nine ninety five or whatever it was? You and me both. I'm not I'm not paying that. I'm not doing it now because I haven't done that. I haven't seen the whole thing. I haven't seen everything he said. I know what has been reported that he said. In one case, I saw a clip on Twitter. But I gather there's more. Now, not having seen it all and not having seen the context and having been on the other end of this discussion and been burned and having known multiple other people, having had this conversation with PK, having had this conversation with Gordon Monson, when you don't hear everything a person says and you don't hear the context, well, then you don't really know what they said. So be careful with crazy assumptions. And we've all been on the wrong end of it where you said this and you said that and you meant this and you meant that. Like, did you hear it? No, but I know what they told me. Well, you ever play that game of telephone when you're in the second grade? The whole classroom sits in a circle, and the teacher tells the first kid something, and the first kid whispers it to the second kid, and the second kid whispers it to the third, and it comes out the other end, and the whole class starts giggling and laughing because, you know, it costs $3 for a a gallon of milk and a bag of rice, and we all need food to eat. Comes out as the other end elephants trampled the village and uh, ruined the ping pong game. I mean, it doesn't, it's crazy. Now, having said all that, of what I've heard of what Stockton said and the clip, what do I think of John now? Same thing I thought last week, pretty much. In Utah right now, 64% of the people, uh, no, excuse me, 64% of the adults have taken the vaccine. I know as a total population, it's 40% of something. But you got to rule out the kids under 12 because they don't have a vaccine for them right now. So two-thirds of the adults have taken the vaccine, think it's a good idea, and want the vaccine. Stockton apparently doesn't think it's a good idea, has his questions. I don't know the details because he didn't pay for the video. He's got a right to an opinion, even if I disagree. I got the vaccine. I think people should get the vaccine. I think it's been tested. I'm fortunate. I had someone in my extended family who um, you know, was a scientist. And had sent drugs through the FDA approval process. And when I heard about the vaccine last October, November, and they were talking about rushing it before the election, I called my uncle and said, what do you think? And he said, absolutely not. I said, well, when will it be okay? How long do they really need to do it right? And he says, when we get to the first of the year in 2022, they'll say they rushed it. But what they rushed is the paperwork part and the bureaucracy, which is grinding. The science will be good. He said in 2020. Uh, Did I say 2022? I knew I was going to screw up the year. Say 2021? So when you get to the 2021, he wasn't interested in the fall of 2020. But when he got to 2021, he says, at that point, if they say everything's in order, I'm in. And he's 80, so, you know, he was very definitely interested in falling. Block two. Okay. Did it. And I think there's enough evidence now. Not everybody does. And I get that. And you can argue about this stuff forever. But I think Stockton's got his right to his opinion. Donovan Mitchell's got his right to his opinion. Maybe you don't want to get your opinions on politics and science from basketball players or sportscasters. I get that. Stockton's got his right to throw it out there. And people have the right to pay 70 bucks for it if they want it. I don't. I'm not getting my opinion on science from him. No thanks. Andy says, I applaud him for being brave and speaking his mind. The mob mentality is crazy and people need to stand up. I love him now more than ever. Ryan says, my favorite player of all time, Dunn lost his damn mind. And there it is. Opposite ends of the spectrum, right? But I know from reading yesterday that 64% of the adults in Utah have gotten the vaccine. The people who don't have the vaccine for one reason or another, they don't want it. I do. I did. I got it. Most of the people I work with, maybe not everybody, but most of the people are in the same boat. And I think we're shaped largely by our personal experience. And people change their mind. If you know somebody or some people who are individually impacted by it, or if you know people who lose people and die because of it it might change your mind pk and i had a former boss who lost his son and he worked in radio so a lot of people a lot of people he was a co-worker right now i i think i'd met him but i didn't know him i didn't hang out with him well, he's younger than me people younger than me don't really want to hang out with me get away from me boring old man But I certainly knew his dad and P.K. and I've talked about it multiple times. I mean, it's brutal. In his 40s, married with a kid and another one on the way. And that shapes my opinion of should you get the vaccine or not. You know, we have a frequent guest on the show who lost his brother. Dick Harmon's put stuff out there on social media. He's been really open about it. It hurts. Channel 2, we had a photographer die suddenly corporate, respecting people's privacy, you know, has had no official word on what happened, but was suddenly sick and was gone in two or three days, and all the people who work with him say it was COVID. He worked in the morning. He was on like a, I don't know, 3.30 to 11.30 a.m. shift, so not somebody I worked with. All that stuff shapes your opinion. Stockton's got stuff shaping his opinion. I've
2: got two people that I know
1: personally right now who are dealing with
2: it, and this is... During this period where a lot of, like you mentioned, boy, we you said
1: 64%? That was the number I saw in a story yesterday. 64% of Utah adults have been vaccinated.
2: I know two people personally right now who are dealing with COVID-19. So
1: it's still ongoing.
2: And like you mentioned, everyone's entitled to their opinion.
1: Trevor, I applaud him. It's about time a few more athletes speak out against the COVID lunacy. What about shut up and dribble? Shut up and dribble works when you don't agree with somebody. It doesn't work when you do agree with them. And it's really that simple. Can't believe he's popping off about something he doesn't know. Fill in the blank player, fill in the blank topic. That's what I think, and I'm glad he stood up. I've got more respect for him than ever. That stuff never changes. When I was a, I was a really little kid, and I didn't have any idea why, Muhammad Ali was a big deal And I can still hear my dad and my grandpa talking about it. My grandpa was pissed. (laughs) And I couldn't figure out why. And my dad was like, whatever, man, that's a big fight. (laughs) And I didn't know what they were talking about. And dad, who explained a lot of sports to me, didn't seem to want to explain that to me. (laughs) And I couldn't figure out why. (laughs) Now I think I have a little bit of an idea. It came to me later in life. Craig says, well, I've done a lot of research on this, and I've come to the conclusion that there is no proof that he's the best point guard of all time, or even was a point guard. I think he needs to show us his birth certificate. I mean, that guy that played for the Jazz all those years could have actually been a dude named Jim Stickton, for all we know. Craig, that's satire. Okay, Craig. Well done, sir. Well done. Uh, Court responds to Craig with, this was hilarious. Keep doing your research, Clyde. (laughs) Okay. All right, you can hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook. DJ and PK. Coming up next, I was just uh, in the last break going through Twitter. Oh, my gosh. It's like a trail of breadcrumbs. It's leading you to the promised land. The buffet! The banquet! It is glorious! It's also more cotton candy than it is, you know, steak and potatoes. It's not the main course. You're not firing up the grill. But when you first see that first trail of peanuts, it's glorious. We'll get to that and what they're saying about the Utes next. Stay with us.